This morning we're continuing to read John chapter 1 and we're starting at verse 19. John the Baptist denies being the Messiah. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees, who had been sent, questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you're not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied. But among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany, on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave the testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Amen. Have you ever played the game, maybe at a party or with family or friends? The game, Who Am I? There's a couple of different ways you might have played this game. One way is that you have a post-it note stuck on your forehead with a famous person's name on it, and you have to go around asking other people's questions so you try and guess who you are, because you can't see it. Or the other way, perhaps, is you know who you are, but everybody else doesn't, and they have to come and try and guess who you are. You can only ask questions that have yes or no as the answer. It can be fun and it can be silly. I think you can also get kind of a board game type thing for children where they have tiles. I've done that one as well when my kids were young. And it can be quite fun to try and guess who the other person is. Well, the passage that we read today reminded me of that game. The Jewish leaders have come to try and guess who this person is. This person called John. Who is he? Why is he doing what he's doing? And you know They did this because it was actually their job to try and protect the Jewish people from the false prophets. Because at that time, there were a number of false prophets going about. 
So they actually wanted to find out, is this person real or not? So they were sent off to meet with John and find out what they could about him. And when you compare this story with the other Gospels, we're not given much in the way of a description about who John the Baptist looked like. In Matthew and Mark, we're told that his clothes were made of camel's hair, he had a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And Luke's Gospel doesn't describe his physical appearance, but tells us that he went around the country preaching this baptism of repentance. But here in the Gospel of John, these physical attributes of, of John the Baptist are not mentioned. What is important in this Gospel is the testimony that is given by John the Baptist. And testimony and witness are key themes that run throughout John's Gospel. The whole story of Jesus, as told by the Gospel in John, is filled with the idea of trials. Witnesses are called to testify, witnesses told, people are questioned, rejected by the opponents of Jesus, and then till finally we get to the trial of Jesus. And throughout the Gospel and throughout his life, Jesus himself appears as a witness to the revelation from God. He bears testimony to what he has seen and heard from the Father. But testimony starts here with the report of John's, the Baptist witness, when he is questioned by the Jewish leaders. And he responds to these questions by giving a clear witness First, to who he is and who he is not. And he says what his task is. So he tells us quite clearly who he's not. And then he tells us who he is. And then he tells us what his purpose is. So who he is not. The first question they asked him, he is not the Messiah. He's quite clear on that one. Now we know that the Jewish people had been waiting for a long time for a Messiah. They were promised that a Messiah would come and save their people. And some thought that perhaps this was John. He kind of looked as though he might have been a Messiah-type person. He was talking about repentance. And he wondered, was he the Messiah? But John clearly says that he is not the Messiah that the people are looking for. So they ask another question. They try again. Are you Elijah? And he says, no. He's not Elijah. Now, Elijah, as we know, was one of the great prophets from the Old Testament. And in the book of Malachi, we're told that it was promised that Elijah would return before the day of the Lord. So there was an expectation that Elijah would return to the people one day. And as we've described how John looked, he couldn't look like Elijah. And he described The way he dressed would have reminded them of how Elijah was described in 2 Kings. So some people thought it was Elijah. But John clearly states that he's not Elijah. So they try again. Are you the prophet? And no, he's not the prophet. Now that might seem to be a strange question. Because we know that there were lots of prophets throughout Israel's history. We spoke about Elijah, who was one of them. But John said, no, he's not Elijah, and he is not the prophet. But the people were waiting for one particular prophet. So they knew 
who the leaders were asking about. In his final speech to the people, Moses told them that when God was going to tell his people something important, a prophet would be raised up among them. And he would be a prophet like Moses, and that God would speak through him, and the voice of this prophet should be treated like the voice of God. So the people were waiting on this prophet who would be like a second Moses. And they knew that this prophet would come towards the end of the age. So they began to wonder, was John this prophet? But again, John clearly said, no, he is not the prophet. So who is John? You can imagine they've had their three guesses. They haven't got it right. They're maybe getting a wee bit fed up by this time and they go, okay, I give in. Who are you then? If you're not Messiah, you're not Elijah, you're not the prophet, who are you? And John replied using the words of Isaiah, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. So here John clearly states, although he's not the Messiah, Elijah or the prophet, He has a particular purpose. He's not just another wandering person. He is a voice first, preparing the way for the Lord. And in the Old Testament, the context of Isaiah, because these are the words that he's repeating, they were spoken in Isaiah when he was calling for this kind of metaphorical improvement in the road system in the desert from the east to the west, to accommodate the return of the covenant people from exile. So he's repeating these words, and the implication is that the person that will come will lead the people out of exile, and it will be like the final return to the Lord for the people of Israel. Then the people would understand that because they knew what the words meant in Isaiah. And again, he's saying here that This is now being fulfilled in the voice of John the Baptist in the desert, preparing the way for the Lord and announcing the coming of the Messiah to lead the people out and back finally to the Lord. And it's like a signpost. Now, signposts are generally helpful. If you've been lost, you'll know that you would look for a sign. If you're driving along and you see a sign, you know, oh, I'm going to Glasgow and I'm going to Aberdeen. And the signpost is really helpful. But they're only any good if they've actually got words printed on them. If you're driving along and there's a signpost with an arrow going that way and an arrow going that way and no words, you're not going to know what way you're going to have to go. And can you imagine going to a roundabout and all you see is a nice picture of a roundabout with exits and even your sat-nav isn't telling you which way to go. You need to have clear directions. So to have John the Baptist tell us that he's the voice is good and to tell us that he's a signpost is good. But we need that wee bit more. Who is he signposting? Who is he the voice for? What is his testimony about? And that's the final few verses tell us. Who is Jesus? It's the whole point of John's testimony. And the first thing that John tells us about this man Jesus that he's pointing to is that Jesus is the Lamb of God 
who takes away the sin of the world. Now, when the, the Jewish leaders and the people heard this, they would be very familiar with the idea of the lamb being a sacrifice. Because in Genesis, they would read of Abraham, who was going to sacrifice his son Isaac, being given a lamb, being provided with a lamb by God for a sacrifice. Lambs were used at the Passover and also every day in the daily temple sacrifice. In Isaiah 53, we read these words. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. So Isaiah there is telling us about the sacrificial lamb that will appear. So all lamb sacrifices for the Jews, they reminded them of deliverance, of forgiveness of sin, and of the messianic salvation. So John here is indicating by these words, Lamb of God, that Jesus is a gift from God who takes on the sin of the world as he becomes a sacrifice on the cross for each one of us, the Lamb of God. And then we have the Spirit's anointed. John's second testimony is really telling us and reminding us what happened at the baptism of Jesus. We maybe don't have all the same details, perhaps, that the other Gospels do. Here John is just standing up and telling us something about it. He doesn't go into great detail in these verses, doesn't tell us about everything that happened, but he refers to the coming of the Holy Spirit on Christ. And this is what must have been really important for John the Baptist, because he repeats these words a few times. And from the Old Testament, we know that they expected this messianic age would be a time of renewal when the Spirit wouldn't only transform Israel, but would rest on the Messiah himself. The Spirit had appeared before in the Old Testament, but it only remained for the duration of the work that needed to be done. The Spirit came and the Spirit returned. The Spirit came and the Spirit returned. But here John tells us that the Spirit descended and remained on Jesus. So this is an anointing unlike anything that has gone before. This is the messianic anointing. And not only that, we read that Jesus will go on to baptize with the Holy Spirit. So John the Baptist is witnessing the dawning of the messianic era. And he wants people to know that. It's important for him and it's important for us that we know that that's what the Spirit why the Spirit descended and remained on Jesus. And then his final testimony, God's chosen one. John says, I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Jesus is chosen by God. And later on in the gospel, he's described as the Son of God. Now we know that. We know that Jesus is the Son of God. But here is using, John the Baptist is using the title that comes from Isaiah. 
Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. So it's quite an important title, God's chosen one who will bring justice, fairness to all nations. And this really is at the heart of John the Baptist's testimony about Jesus. The Messiah is known by his unique anointing and his unparalleled identity in the Spirit of God. And that really is what John the Baptist is saying. That's his witness and his testimony as to who this man Jesus is. And he states it clearly and in front of other people. He's not afraid to say who Jesus is. And he shows it by his actions and his words. John the Baptist knew that Jesus was greater than he was. He knew that he wasn't fit to untie the sandals of Jesus. But that didn't stop him from fulfilling his unique role to point to Jesus, to prepare the way. He prepared people to meet and to recognize who Jesus really is. He was the pointer, the signpost, showing the way to the Messiah, to the Lamb of God, to God's chosen one. He wasn't like any unhelpful sign with no words on them. You didn't have to guess where you were going. John the Baptist clearly says who Jesus was and is, and he indicates the unique thing that Jesus would be doing. Do you know, I think in some way we're all asked to be a bit like John the Baptist. We are to be pointers, to be signposts pointing to Jesus. We are to clearly tell others by our words and by our actions, the simple things that we do every day as we interact with other people should always show to others that we belong to Jesus. And by our words, we can explain to them the great love that Jesus has for everyone and what Jesus has done for everyone in the world. And you know, we don't have to, and I'm quite glad we don't have to put on our camel clothes and eat locusts and wild honey and live in the desert. But we don't have to do that because we are called to be witnesses to Jesus exactly where we are, here in Edinburgh or anywhere else where you're watching this. You are called to be witnesses to the Messiah, to the Lord, exactly where you are. And as a church, we are called to be witnesses here at Barclay Viewforth and across the nation and across the world. So with Jesus, the Messiah, we always point to Jesus, the sacrificial lamb who died to take away the sin of the world, God's chosen one, God's only son, who was given for each and every one of us. Amen.